Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. I'm joined today by Eric Nalin, publisher of Inside Texas. Eric uh, is here for the weekly segment we call The State of the Program. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show. So, Bobby, thanks for having me. Well, you uh, you dropped some news today in the scoop. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, but before we get to that on the SEC stuff, um, signing day coming up on Wednesday. As of right now, what are your expectations for that for uh, the Longhorns? Well, I, you know, the only guy that they're really after at this point uh, in the high school ranks is Devon Campbell. Uh, fantastic offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman for Arlington Bowie. Uh, Texas, I have felt confident on Texas uh, dating back to his junior season. And, uh, you know, I like Texas' chances actually when he first came onto the scene as a sophomore. And uh, I wouldn't change my uh, confidence on that, but we'll see. He's got to follow through on it and uh, make his decision public and, and see what he comes up with. But, you know, I like UT's chances. Yeah, Kyle Flood recruited him for Texas, the offensive line coach. Texas has already signed six offensive linemen in this recruiting class. Uh, but uh, Campbell was a priority from day one when Sarkeesian got the job. Uh, Bill Biedenbaugh, the assistant uh, offensive line coach for Oklahoma, uh, was thought to be going at one point uh, to USC with Lincoln Riley, but instead stayed with Brent Venables at OU. Uh, we just don't think that's going to be enough for the Sooners, correct? No, you know, it's kind of a – I was a little worried about whatever Bob was going to do uh, to some degree. You know, if he went to USC, I would have liked USC's chances a lot more because Devon liked that school to begin with. Uh, but, yeah, and then we stayed at OU. We started looking at OU a little bit harder. But, um, you know, just meeting that kid, you know, two years ago, uh, the vibe I got from him – and, I, it, you know, there's a few guys every cycle where I'm like, okay, that kid's going to Texas. And that's, that's kind of like my read throughout the whole cycle, and he was one of them. And luckily for UT, he's also one of those players that you remember the first time you saw his film and you just can't get enough of it and you start researching them left and right. And, you know, I remember reaching out to the coach at the time, Tony DeArmond at Bowie. Uh, now he's, he's elsewhere. Now they have a different uh, head coach. And he said, yeah, the guy could play defensive tackle in, in college without a problem. And so that's the type of athlete that he is. And it'd be a monster get for Texas as they look to retool that offensive line as quickly as possible. They, uh, they, uh, he is scheduled to announce his decision at four o'clock on Wednesday on air. Uh, we will definitely uh, be on top of that for you guys at uh, Inside Texas. Also, if you're interested in subscribing to Inside Texas, getting things like the weekly pro, uh, weekly uh, uh, Inside Scoop articles like the Scoop on Monday, uh, the Humidor on Friday, uh, Eric and his, his group at the Inside Texas or our group at Inside Texas do that on a weekly basis. Uh, in the Scoop today, uh, actually, Eric, was a little bit of a bombshell, uh, and I don't, I don't want to overstate it because I'm not sure it's definitive, uh, but you're saying that right now uh, 2023 is not a definite for the SEC and the University of Texas. No, no, it's not. And, you know, Bobby, I think it, you know, I wouldn't say I dropped a bombshell. You know, you and I have kind of been privy to the same information for a couple months now. You know, it was just there was no real point in, in putting that out there uh, with a lot of things going on. Uh, but now it's a good time. It's off season, and um, – and yeah, it looks like 2024 is probably the most likely for the guys that I trust the most. Uh, but it's all a negotiation, and negotiations can can go can swing wildly uh, 
rather quickly. So we'll see how it goes. But you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, ESPN is involved. Uh, Big Twelve is involved. The SEC is involved. OU, Texas. Uh, there's just uh, everybody's got lawyers. Yeah, I, I was going to say that's uh, and all of those people have attorneys. So right. <laughs> it's yep. not just uh, the Big 12. It's not just the Big 12 and Bob Bowlesby. It's also the Big 12's attorney. Right. And that includes Baylor's and Tex and Oklahoma State's. Yeah, a lot of politics involved right now. And so, yeah, I think I think before it all shakes out, it, it, it might be 2024. But we'll see. You know, Texas has good leverage on both sides of it. They, they're going to you know, they're either going to save money. Or they're going to make money, uh, you know, if, if they stay with, and finish out the LHN contract through 2025. My understanding of that is that contract is pretty backloaded. So there's a lot of incentive for Texas to to not rush it and uh, come out of pocket. A lot of people just want them to do it. But, you know, uh, it, it's a little different when it's your money. You know, you got to kind of imagine you being a stakeholder and it's your money. You wouldn't make that bad financial decision uh, just to make it. Who are the people involved at Texas? Uh, well, I mean, it goes all the way up to the to the to the to university. Uh, uh, what uh, what a, it's a chancellor, right? Sorry, I'm, I'm drawing chair of the board of regents. Yep. Yeah, well, yep. chair of board of regents, and then the university system has a president. Used to be McRaven, and now I think it's uh, Milliken, uh, James Milliken. I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah, he's he. They're all leading the charge on that, um, and you know, and their lawyers are just as involved as they are, or probably more so at this point. You know. Yeah, I, I think that you know one of the things that you outlined is the potential that OU is is hoping that. Uh, is is reticent, I guess, to pay the buyout uh, of the or to to eat the buyout, and was hoping possibly that Texas might uh, participate in that. Have you heard any more on that, or or where? What is your current thought process from what you're hearing? Well, obviously, I don't know their exact financial situation, but that's the talk I hear is that yeah, they they don't want to uh, they don't want to reach down deep and 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 you know mortgage their future financially and, and put themselves uh, you know. Uh, you know, they don't want to be over leveraged financially. And so I think they are hoping for a bit of a bailout. And, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to get that from Texas. And, you know, maybe they get that from ESPN. I have no idea. You know, ESPN's got to measure its financial uh, upside on both sides of this deal. You know, do they want to do they want to pay these buyouts to to give them a solid, more solid footing when they go into TV uh, not contract renegotiations in 2024? I think they might, but I have no idea. You know, there's just so many stakeholders. It's impossible to know. So what I try to, to offer this morning is, uh, where things are from the UT perspective, but you know, there's a lot of different perspectives out there. Oh, you might, you know, they might uh, be a little upset if I say that they, they're they're out there, you know, tipping over casino uh, uh, slot machines to get out every quarter to try to pay this thing off. Uh, but you know, from UT's vantage, they don't have the money to get it done. And, and UT, like I said, UT's got the LHN in their back pocket, so they're happy. They're content to just make money until this thing plays out. Yeah, I, I wonder about this because how does I. I couple things come to mind. One, how does this potentially affect recruiting, right? That's what you and I, we know that's the life lifeblood of every program. So how does it affect recruiting in your opinion? Uh, and then two is, you know, uh, is there anything else that you could see that would, would make it go quicker potentially? And, and, and is the SEC even up for it to happen in 2023? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think the SEC would, would take them whenever they can. But to me, the key year is the 2024 because of the contract uh, renegotiations. I think that's when, you know, I don't think it'll play out till 2025. I don't think it's in anybody's interest except for maybe the Big 12s. Who cares about them uh, for, for Texas to stick around? Texas know you to stick around until 2025. So I, I think 2024. Uh, but again, you know, I don't. I don't know what ESPN has up its sleeves. To me, you know, they're they're the one that I'm I'm trying to get a handle on. You know, what are, what are their intentions? I, I can't see them wanting to pay out uh, the buyout for Texas and also eat the LHN. So I don't, that's a lot of money even for them. Uh, but maybe they'll do it for the investment on the other side of it to get the contract situation in, in time and in their favor. No, you know, they don't want to make a contract and then have Texas know you join a year later. The contract won't be real, uh, worth nearly as much. You know, it's uh, interesting. You know, it's interesting, Eric, you know, and we'll go into recruiting in a second on it. it, it what's interesting to me is, you know, that the that ESPN wants to move in lockstep with the SEC. Right. And so no matter what they do, they want that property. They just overpaid. I, I wouldn't say they overpaid for it, but they paid a, a bundle of it just to get it away from C, CBS one game a week. Right. Um, and so they are the 800 pound gorilla in college sports sports when it comes to uh, making things happen financially. It'll be interesting to me to see exactly what buttons they push and when, uh, and when, you know, frankly, the SEC decides to step in and, and try to move some, move some things along because of what they want to do with their, when their contract comes up. As it relates to recruiting, Eric, what is your thought on how that this might affect recruiting in, for Texas in 2023? You know, I don't think that one year is going to make a huge difference because, you know, it's, it's inevitable. They are going to the SEC and these guys are close enough to where, you know, they'll still be young when that move happens, even if they are, have to wait an extra year. You know, they'll still have at least two years, maybe three years in the SEC once they get on campus. So, you know, obviously it hurt uh, with it, maybe a, a couple recruits. Uh, you can make the argument that Harold Perkins, but I'm not really, you know, that's not really one that I would. That's not a bellwether that we can use. It's going to be useful going forward. Um I think the main thing is stick to the plan, stick to what they're trying to do uh, recruiting wise. I think there is a buildup intentionally for what they expect in the SEC, which is why you're seeing the emphasis on the bigger bodies and, and, and throwing numbers at offensive line and defensive line. Uh, and then, you know, to me, 2023 doesn't change much. Try to get Arch Manning and, and hope that his uh, redshirt freshman year, uh, when he's ready to start, you guys are playing your first snaps in the SEC. Gotcha. Um, you know, you, you uh, obviously we cover more than just recruiting. Uh, we also cover uh, in the SEC realignment. We also cover the team. You you told me uh, before we got going here that you had heard something recently that you wanted to share on the the uh, uh, strengthening conditioning program. Oh yeah, I mean it's just what I'll. By the time this makes the airwaves, I'll pro I'll have it uh, written out on the site. Uh, obviously, Justin and I have been working on team notes, uh, trying to get them presented to the to the group, but. Um, yeah, the, you know, this is a time of year for strength and conditioning where, you know, you want to build size. It's not about getting lean and mean for the season. You want to put on weight and you want to put on strength. Uh, I think what a lot of fans noticed, uh, even the casual fans would notice Texas getting pushed around late in games. Uh, that's a function of being on the field too much. If you're the defense, when the offense would stall out, but it's also, I think, a function of lack of strength at times. Uh, I think it was not, I think they overcorrected from what Yancey McKnight was doing when I think he probably overemphasized size and strength uh, and sacrificed mobility to some degree. Uh, I think they overcorrected uh, in the first year. That's that's just my opinion. You know, um, I'd, I'd love to hear their counterpoint, uh, but they're they're pretty quiet about that, obviously. Uh, but I, right now, that they seem to be making a, a course correction in the uh, in the other direction to uh, to to gain strength, and they're lifting uh, with that intention. Uh, they're going heavier. Uh, they're not doing as much unilateral work. Uh, they're not doing as much uh, running as they, as they will be doing. You know, say in in June and in July, uh, and so they are trying to get stronger. I think they do recognize that they need to to uh, to get stronger as a team. And I think you're seeing some of those, uh, we'll have some information on those guys 
uh, weights and, uh, and numbers and speed that we'll put on the site. Yeah, I, th that's a good question, though. I mean, so you're saying basically Yancey McKnight was all size over and, and at some level lost some mobility and functionality, uh, particularly in the skill position, right? That's where I saw uh, the, the players under Tom Herman lose some mobility. Uh, and then Tory Becton, the strength, head strength and connection coach at Texas, came in last year and you felt overcorrected and went more into this functionality, mobility, athleticism, speed. Um, and and you from your from what you're hearing inside uh, inside the program is that they've 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 gone back now and said, OK, we've been here a year and this is what we think. Yeah. we need to do. Yeah, this time last year, they were doing a lot of unilateral work and a lot of uh, a lot of work that was designed to not get strong throughout your whole body, but, you know, make the small muscles. Uh, stronger so they would be healthier throughout the season and, and they were they were worried more about mobility and injury prevention not injury you know, prevention in the in the gym obviously but in, injury prevention on the field and uh, this year I think they're trying to, to get the chains moving in the same direction and so your whole lower body is, is is stronger I think they were really weak on the on the backside you know athletes are made on the backside you know pitchers are, are great because they have lower body strength it's not their arm um, you know it's Power is generated in, in their ass, and uh, I think they're they're deadlifting more. They're they're doing more back squats. Uh, this time last year, they were doing you know one leg squats and box squats and shit like stuff like that. <laughs> Excuse your language, there, Eric. Sorry, 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 sorry. I, I, I don't. I, I remember seeing what they were doing and, and going. Yeah, you know, I don't know about this, but uh, I think it all has a place in it. You know, uh, a hybrid of what Yancey was doing and what Tori was doing last year is probably going to pay off uh, in a big way. Good. I I think that. Uh... I think every Texas fan would say, hey, let's let's get better in the fourth quarter. Right. And, and that's where I, I get concerned. Um, and I'm not I know that you are really into the weightlifting program and understand that much more deeply than I do. And have followed that. So it's good to hear, encouraging to hear uh, that people are uh, that, that Texas is uh, addressing that. Do you, you have any idea where that comes from? And have you heard any early feedback on Gary Patterson's behalf to Steve Sarkeesian, anything like that is, is affecting this, or is this something you think that was, um, uh, you know, kind of worked out before he even came on board? Yeah, I think it probably was worked out before he came on board. And, uh, you know, this was part of the audit that, uh, that Sarkeesian was having in December. I think it's as easy as going to Becton and say, Hey, look, man, we know what we were doing last year because when, when Sarkeesian came in, he did recognize that the players were stiff and they lost some of that athleticism. You can go watch that, you know, high school tape and it wasn't measuring up to what they were doing in, in college. Uh, and some of that was even before McKnight, you know, Patrick Moore had a similar, I call it kind of a meathead mentality where they're just worried about strength. I mean, there's tons of value in strength, obviously. I think they came in uh, and had sort of the right idea, but, but took it to, took it too far. And I think he just told Mick Beckton, you know, hey, get, make these guys stronger. You know, we, we went from mobility last year, you know, get them strong again. Uh, and I think that's, I think, you know, that's, he's going to know what to do, you know, at least to, to some degree, a lot of those guys, uh, you know, they, they can, they can turn it off. They, you know, they all, they all have their set philosophies of what works and what doesn't work, but you can tell it's, it's not hard to tell a guy, Hey, go get stronger. They're going to change the rep, rep range and have them doing the, the fundamental lifts that we all learn in high school. Let me ask you a question. Is there a, a school or person that you've seen through the years that you think does a great job in the strength and conditioning program? Um, yeah, let me think about that. Well, I mean, I, you know, Gary Patterson's, uh, I don't know who his strength and conditioning guy was, but those guys were always athletic and tough. Uh, and, and they were never, you know, it, it's hard to say because, you know, everybody points towards, uh, Tommy Moffat at LSU and, and I'm looking at what he has to work with. You know, he's, you know, half those guys are NFL starter kits. You know, I could be a genius if I had those guys to work with, um, you know, you just have them stick to the, uh, 
to the basics and the fundamentals. Um, no, I don't think that there's, there's not one person that really stands out to me, but I, you know, again, I know a little bit about it, uh, I, enough to where I could talk out on my backside, but I don't know enough about it to, to really speak, you know, where I, I feel like I'm fluent on the conversation. Gotcha. Um, Eric, I, I appreciate your time today. Um, for those interested, please consider subscribing to Insights Texas. Also, if you've enjoyed these podcasts and video casts that Eric and I do, uh, please uh, click on the red button to subscribe to our uh, videos and podcasts. Eric, anything else uh, you want to talk about before we, we get we let you go here? No, that's it. For some reason, my TV just turned on uh, automatically. I have no idea. There's a ghost in here. The ghost of uh, the ghost of Yancey McKnight just turned my TV on. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I don't know what happened here. Hey, you got to get stronger, Eric. You got to get stronger. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, man. You be good, bud. Thanks for coming. Right, thanks, thanks for For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.